BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. So the story of innovation is kind of a fascinating one, right? Like what happens is you have a problem and then somebody comes along with a solution. It might not be the best solution, but it's a solution. And as long as it solves the problem better than whatever we had before, it gets pretty widely adopted. And that's the end of the story. So many times the thing that we live with is just the first better alternative that came around, even though it's definitely not the best alternative. Because what happens is that the solution, which carries a little bit of frustration and pain with it, doesn't carry enough to motivate anybody to go back and solve the problem that this solution sort of solved. Think, for example, about cereal. When you buy it in a box, it comes in a bag that everybody knows is a terrible design. Ziploc has solved this problem, but apparently the Ziploc people don't talk to the General Mills people. Think about your car visor, you know, the one you use to block out the sun. You know that was the first solution somebody came up with, and they just never made it any better. That's why you're constantly struggling with it. That's why it doesn't have an extender on it to block out the sun. Some models do. Most models don't. The point is, we often get stuck with innovations that are better, but not really good. Sometimes it's for silly things. Sometimes it's for really significant things. Consider the case of prosthetics. Almost 200 years ago, think about this, 200 years ago, people invented the kind of pulley system for operating a prosthetic arm or hand. That's a great improvement to the quality of life of people who are missing limbs in the early 19th century. No doubt about it. The problem is that everybody's disability has a little bit different shape, and it depends on certain kinds of musculature, certain kinds of bones. Having an elbow helps tremendously. But in addition to being complicated, these systems are hard to maintain. They are often expensive, which means that children who may not have the requisite strength to operate them or their limbs are the wrong size or people in other parts of the world who just don't have the money in order to buy something like an artificial pulley driven prosthesis. And why don't we solve this problem? Because nobody bothers to solve it. There may not be enough of a demand or just everybody thinks, well, this is the way it has to be because we get locked into thinking that the hand is supposed to operate on a pulley system the way your arm operates a hand on its own internal tendons and levers and pulleys and muscles, right? Well, along comes researchers at Oxford University and they say, why not use breath? Everybody's got the ability to breathe. What if we made it so that a tube connected a turbine that sat on the back of a prosthetic hand that you could literally blow through and control the hand. Sound too good to be true? Well, they've invented one. It was published in the journal Prosthesis, and it's a highly adaptable design. It's a very inexpensive design, and essentially they're saying that if we can produce these, we would solve or largely solve the problem of people who don't have resources to afford the traditional type of prosthetic or whose body size or capacity just doesn't work that way. So now as many as 40 million people worldwide might have access to a prosthetic using their breath that they could both afford and operate efficiently. Now that's innovation. It can be absolutely heartbreaking to lose a pet, but unfortunately, sometimes pets do go missing. Of course, we worry if it's a dog in particular, we worry that it's been hit by a car or that it came across some animal and lost a fight or who knows. 
And part of the sadness is never really knowing what happened to them if they go missing and you never see them again. That's why when they're found, it's kind of an amazing moment. And that's exactly what happened in Missouri when a group of cavers or spelunkers were working through the Moore Cave System, a 22-mile-long series of caves that is extraordinarily difficult to work in. It's the 23rd longest cave in the United States, and it has running water and fish and crustaceans, but is totally dark. There are slippery rocks, there's climbing high up, there's trudging through water, navigating tight squeezes. I mean, it's an extremely difficult cave system to work in. So imagine the surprise of these spelunkers when they're deep into this cave and they find this dog just randomly in one of the caverns. Of course, the problem then is, what do you do with it? It's not the easiest thing to maneuver through these caves on your own, let alone dragging a perhaps sometimes not the most compliant dog along. So they actually put the dog in a duffel bag and then sort of carried, dragged it out up a 500-foot awkward vertical climb through a two-foot opening, as you can tell. I mean, a very difficult thing that included some machinery that originally didn't work the greatest and then did after a while. And so eventually they got the dog out. Then the question is, who does it belong to? Nobody seemed to know. So they went door-to-door with the local fire chief and eventually found the owner's who said the dog had gone missing two months ago. So it's not just that the dog survived two months on its own, deep in an impossible cave system, but that it got rescued out of that system and managed to be reunited with its owner? I don't know how photogenic this dog is, but I smell a movie in the works here. And finally, an anniversary. A most horrible, terrible, and disgusting anniversary. This week marks the 18th anniversary of what locals in Chicago describe as Poopgate. Now, if you haven't heard this story, prepare yourselves. It was a balmy August Sunday afternoon when the driver of the Dave Matthews Band tour bus decided to park on the Kinsey Bridge across the river to take the opportunity to open the septic tank from the bus and empty the contents out into the river below. Now, obviously, on its own, this is bad. You're not supposed to do that. But that's not where the controversy comes from. Nor is that the reason this is remembered now 18 years later by everybody who lives in Chicago. No, it's remembered because there happened to be a passenger boat right underneath that bridge at that exact moment. The boat's name was Chicago's Little Lady. It left Navy Pier at about 1 o'clock, and just as it was going under the bridge, with 120 passengers aboard, many of whom were in the upper deck open viewing area, well, let's just say the boat caught everything. People were throwing up, people had to go to the hospital. It was horrific. 800 pounds of waste dropped on the boat. The eventual outcome of Poopgate, as Chicagoans know it, is the Dave Matthews Band paid a $200,000 settlement to an environmental fund and agreed to record when and where their tour buses emptied septic tanks. The bus driver was sentenced to probation and community service after he pled guilty to reckless conduct and discharging contaminants into the river. The band fired him, and it's unclear what happened to other personal injury lawsuits that were a result of the horrible incident. Now, I know at this point you're thinking, well, gosh, what did it look like? Oh, there's a picture at Newsweek.com, if you dare. There's also a little hand-painted sign up on the bridge over top that says, in August 2004, at this very location, a DMB tour bus dumped 800 pounds of poo on some people. And locals tend to think that maybe there ought to be something a little bit more official commemorating the tragedy, since everybody talks about it in that location. But the internet is fond of remembering such things, and one tweet said, nostalgically, Time flies! A child born on the day the Dave Matthews Band tour bus dumped 800 pounds of stuff on 120 Chicago River tourists can now legally vote and go to war. 
Apparently, 18 years flies faster than... We'll just leave it at that. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Hit the five-star review before you go, and I promise not to discharge my bus's septic tank on you. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.